Welcome to Mad Men and Tonic, recapping Mad Men one workday cocktail at a time. I'm Christina. And I am Elias. And here we are, season three, episode nine. We small hours. Yeah, it does sound like an old song title, does In it not? In fact, it, it is. is an old song <laughs> title. Uh, in the in, wee the, in the wee small hours. Yes, it's a Frank Sinatra album and song. Mm-hmm. Album uh, was released in 1955. Deals with uh, a lot of loneliness, lost love, failed relationships, and nightlife, of course. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> as kinda, kinda, like kinda, this, like yeah. Mad Men. Yeah, kind of uh, <laughs> kind of fits the episode, doesn't it? Sure. In a lot of ways. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we've got uh, quite a bit to talk about in this particular episode. Yes, and as far as a drink selection, we were inspired by Conrad Hilton's mention of Prohibition-era liquor and chose a Prohibition-era cocktail. Right, yeah. We didn't know what it looked like they were drinking. Whatever it was, it was beyond Don's capabilities. It should tell you how uh, potent it is, but we went with something a little smoother than that, of course. Yes, and... Something called, and I think also fitting to this episode, um, given sort of the conversations that happen related to current events going on. Also a certain fundraiser, yeah. Yeah. A white lady. (laughs) Yes, the white lady. Um, Also known as a Delilah and a Chelsea sidecar. Yes, and it is very similar to your traditional sidecar, which Mm -hmm. uh, would just substitute brandy into this drink and probably not have the egg in it anyway we'll get to that the white lady cocktail was invented by a famous bartender in 1919 i don't want to mispronounce his name harry mackalone uh in london uh it originally featured creme de menthe triple second lemon which is a very uh, interesting combination huh anyway he eventually changed it up in 1929, when he was working at his own bar in Paris, which this guy sounds like he lived the dream, right? Yeah. Lead famous bartender in London, then moves to Paris. Harry's and, uh, New York Bar, I've heard of that one. It's like yeah. one of those classic old bars. What a great name. Harry's New York Bar in Paris. Yeah. Two places. Two huge places yes. there. Anyway, this recipe, the 1929 recipe, is the one we're making. And that is the one that's standard now. Yeah. Um, and so... It's a little more complex than we're used to because we're adding an egg white into this. Um, Which is fun. Yeah, it kind of smooths the drink out. I love out, egg makes white Makes it drinks. silkier. Yeah. Frothy. So the first step here is you're going to take the ingredients, which is two ounces gin, a half ounce of orange liqueur, triple sec, and a half ounce of lemon juice. Freshly squeezed is always better. Of course. Of course. And one egg white. And you put all of that into a shaker with no ice. This is called a dry shake. Dry. So then you shake it together vigorously and be prepared. What we noticed is it must create some sort of like fumes Bubbles. or something because the pop, the top of the shaker starts to come off and will pop off. So uh, Always be careful. Yeah, just be ready for that. And but, always be careful of having raw eggs. Yes, yes. Good. Get a raw egg warning in there. Huh? Um <laughs> But once you open it after shaking vigorously, it's going to be like a foamy, uh, mm-hmm. it almost reminds me of Orange Julius type <laughs> texture. Yeah. Um, then you add ice, shake again until the uh, shaker frosts up, and then you pour it into a cocktail glass or a coupe. A coupe, especially if you do the egg white, which is optional in some versions of the recipe. Yeah. If you don't want to get into the egg white, then you can just take that out. 
maybe add a little more uh, gin if you want that or triple sec if you want that. And you can just mix that together as well. Mm-hmm. But that is the white lady and it's pretty good. Yeah. I think it's... No, it is good. It, it definitely, the egg white, I think, would help. Otherwise, I think you're it drinking basically a, kind of like a da- not a daiquiri, but something similar to that with, uh, you know, simple ingredients, very citrusy and... Uh, Strong. Gin. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy gin. So but give it, it a good. shot. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. good. Of course, we can't be drinking these ones throughout the entire episode because we can't be having half a dozen egg whites while we're recording. That would uh, probably not end very well, right? (laughs) So other cocktails for now, but yeah. uh, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. So we open on a dream. Yeah. With that damn couch again. Man, whenever you see that couch, now you just know it's it's like a Pavlovian dog thing, right? Yeah, it's uh, time for frisky business. It was purchased with one thing in mind, it seems like. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we haven't s- yeah. seen that. We haven't seen it in the way that we might. Well, we hope saw it. To. We saw it once early, but that was a solo effort, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Betty is dreaming that she's like lounged on this couch, and some like man is climbing up and right starting to un- undo her dress and all. Um, but it's like a faceless man. Yeah, but we all we no, all know exactly gone. who it is. Yeah. But right as he's about to kiss her, leaning in, she's awoken by the telephone ringing, and instead she's in bed with Dawn, and then the baby immediately starts crying because of the sound of the phone. Yeah, a, a nice snap back to reality, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, that's a good uh, preface for how this episode's going to go. Time for everyone to... <laughs> snap back. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, who is it calling at four in the morning but Conrad Hilton to talk to Don about have you ever preyed on a problem? Right. And so I don't know that we know where is where Hilton is at that point. Is he in New York? Because it, it's clear he travels all the time everywhere. Yeah. So maybe these are just like weird calls from different parts of the I world I think he was in times. New York because he referred to like, send this to me before I go to Europe. Right. And then yeah. it turns out later that he was only going to California. So he just doesn't sleep. He doesn't Maybe. sleep, no. and he doesn't. He knows or believes himself to be important enough that he doesn't care for others' timetables. No, and also it seems like this is the first person. He, John's the first person he connected with in a, in quite some time. I think. Yeah. Um, which we'll get into a little more later, but yes. Anyway, of course, Don fields the call. Of course, and he's thinking over, you know, how his. Connie, that is, his international properties, like, aren't getting the same kind of buzz as his domestic ones, I guess. And so he offers Don that he might earn the international business of Hilton. Yeah, he keeps dangling that carrot, huh? Right. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's just kind of, yeah, it's just bizarre because they've been, like, dancing around it for... Yeah, like it seems like months at this point. He's sending him everywhere, but he's just like. And he did do some business, right? For he the was New York, he was given maybe. some business for a certain number of nice hotels last yeah. year. So, we just don't know how far Hilton's ready to take this, and right. Don doesn't either. So, uh, some rare uncertainty. Yeah. From Don in like his professional kind of, life, yeah, like least. pulling yeah. him around, and Don just has no choice but to follow. Yeah, and I mean, the Conrad's so well. Put together in this show to confound, I guess. Yeah, uh, no kidding. He's such a disruptor. 
which right. it probably was in real life too. You know that phrase about capitalist uh, icons—they disrupted markets, and so yeah. he's just kind of I doing mean, that to this show. He's the, a grandfather of Paris Hilton, so <laughs> of course he's got a disruptive personality. Yeah, that's where it's a straight line down. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. God. <laughs> oh man, to think she's three degrees from Mad Men is uh, quite something. Recently got married. Congrats, Paris. Yeah, we we know you listen. Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, if only. Um, <laughs> but he also then references like he not he not only wants his business to be international, he wants it to be galactic. Yes, intergalactic, <laughs> planetary. <laughs> yeah, he wants it on the moon. Yep. Which is 1963. We're not even close to the moon right mm-hmm. now. So. Uh, We'll get back to this, too. It's a weird sentiment. Everything Hilton says in this episode, I'll be damned if I actually know what he's talking about. Right. So And what, uh, what he's taking seriously, what he's not. Right. Um, obviously, he's got a lot on his mind since he's calling at these hours. So. Yep, and he knows that Don will take the call. Yeah, that must be nice to know. I can do whatever I want because they have to take this. Yep, so, exactly. Uh, exactly. But he's got to get a proposal over to him by noon before he gets on a flight. And then Betty had to go up and tend to Jean. Yeah. Who, of course, was crying because it was a 4 a.m. And then that started the need for him to be fed, et cetera, et cetera. We small hours indeed. Yeah, so Jean just appears, basically, when we get off the phone call. Betty, of course... uh, accuses Don of being the same as or maybe well, she was probably accusing Hilton. Hilton of being the same as the baby I want what I want when I want it you don't care what it does to the rest of us but also that Don likes this yeah right so, which he does good little moment of banter but yeah there's no doubt that Don likes being this close this connected of course and, and feeling needed yeah I mean this is his first account work really that it seems like he's doing like on you a know, big scale, yeah. That no one else at the office is basically allowed to meet Hilton. Definitely at this point. that. So it's yeah. very interesting, and you can tell he likes feel special too. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then he can't sleep. He just decides just to go into work, right? So I kind of disagree with like that. You think he just wanted to get away from the baby? No, I think he just. I don't know. He didn't even try. Like I just thought it was so bizarre that he's like, "Yep, yeah, well, I can't sleep. I'm going in." It's like you didn't even lay down and close your eyes. Well, maybe it was just like, no, now I have shit to do it by noon. Yeah. So. Uh, and he's like, I can't as in I do not have time to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Well, I just think he's like, there's no way I'm going back to bed. If you get a call from someone like that's. At four in the morning. Yeah. That's potentially millions of dollars of business. And yeah. Like, by noon, I probably would get up too and say, well, I better start now. Right. Because uh, it's going to take. Four hours to get going, and then I'll only have four hours I'll left. have to dash it off. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Exactly. So he starts to drive into work, and it's very early. It's dark out still, and who does he see on the road? Well, well, well. Well, well, well. <laughs> Haven't seen her since the eclipse, right? As far as I remember, that's correct. And we did know, Carlton mentioned in that episode mm. that she does go running. Right. Here she is. Mm-hmm. In her Bowdoin shirt. So we know she's not in New York. We knew she was not from there because uh, yeah. it's a small town. Bowdoin's a very small college in Maine. Um, I visited it when I was looking at colleges. Very nice. Very mm-hmm. quaint. So, yeah, not a New Yorker. No. Not from this town. But it throws Don off. We're getting a lot of weird <laughs> surprises while Don's driving at night between this scene and then uh, 
when those two the hitchhikers, that, the hitchhikers yeah. pick him up and beat him <laughs> yeah. and rob him. So maybe well, this sounds that, a better surprise. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But it's still a little disorienting, <laughs> I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, but he's like, come on, let me give you a ride. And she's like, I'm running. That's the whole point is that I am like go- that. The mechanism of travel is the activity yeah, right. as well. Like, right. The purpose of this. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's just like when he was talking with Carlton, it's very clear that this running, and they make that joke in Anchorman. Yeah. Where like, no one's heard of jogging or yeah. running before. They're like, for fun? They're like, Why? is it y- y- yogging? Yeah. It's, it's a, a soft, soft J. J. Yeah, exactly. And Don <laughs> is so clearly confused by this concept both times. He's like, yeah. wait exercise yeah which is so funny because of like how image uh, i mean you know in america especially people have been image obsessed like for ages but of how image obsessed and like obsessed with being like perfect in in that era that you know you weren't also exercising because that always kind of fits in that fits in now with like how diet culture like perceives like your yeah it's so weird and i guess when you smoke that many cigarettes that that just suppresses your diet yeah. and that and they, they aren't i mean they also aren't eating food pumped full of hormones right and the servings are like a quarter of the size as <laughs> right. they are now so yeah but still i mean yeah have we i guess we've seen don swimming before um, or we will see him swimming at some point. Yeah. But we've never but people seen... People definitely don't exercise for, like, weight loss. No. Six, or, like, it's not common to... Right, and we've seen Betty's battles, and that's always been, like, resisting food. Food, yeah. exactly. Yeah, not burning off calories. It's just depriving yourself of nutrition. Which, I mean, which is, yeah. Which like is still a, a huge issue, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it is interesting. But, yeah, He's people are not uh, used to... Right. But we can assume that Miss Farrell's... The generation... She's younger, younger too, so maybe she's, and it seems like she might be not quite the hippies, but the beats, like yeah, midge she's much more generation. liberal. Yeah, yeah. But, so maybe there is some exercise uh, culture instilled at that point, or yeah. maybe she was an athlete in school. We don't know, but anyway, I just it's funny that Don's just has <laughs> like, no like sense baffled. of what what the hell are you doing out here right now? Yeah, like why? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a ride. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and um, she eventually is like, okay, fine. She'll hop in the car. And on the radio, the they're playing audio from Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. Right, the I Have a Dream speech. We all know it, it's of course. It's one of the most famous. It may be, you know, I think American it's probably moments. the most famous American speech of all time, maybe other than the Gettysburg Address. Yeah. Um, anyway, it was delivered by Martin Luther King Jr. during the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom on August 28th, 1963. So we're at the end of the summer. We. It's good to be placed again. Mm-hmm. And basically, we all know the speech, but uh, MLK called for civil and economic rights and end to racism. 250,000 people were there. That yeah. is that is crazy. I huge. mean, yeah, and it's a beautiful, like, proclamation of, oh, yeah. you know, how people were feeling and the, the desire to, for America to just... Yeah. To become inclusive in the way that it should be, and it still, you know, isn't to the extent that you would want, but it's obviously, it's very memorable. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, imagine that just being played and you'd never heard it before for oh the first time. Oh, my God. Time, right? Yeah, no. And obviously, they had heard this already. They, yeah, because they were familiar with it, because they started talking about it, and 
Miss Farrell says that she's going to play it for the kids on the first day of school coming up. Mm-hmm. And Dawn is like, well, do you think that they're going to know like what it means? And she says, I think they already know it. It'd be nice for them to hear an adult say it. Yeah. Which is awesome. Insightful and true that a lot of, you know, before their minds are tainted by adults around them, that kids have like an intuitive sense of right and wrong right. a lot of the time yeah it's good to see this speech has been banned or anything like uh <laughs> anyway let's yeah. not get into stuff yeah. like that but uh don's again a little confused who are you are you dumb or pure yeah who are you it's like okay and not to like pull the moment away from the first thing that's on the radio, but the second thing when they change, when they change uh, stations, or or maybe it's like the news is like changing topics, is they talk about two women being murdered, found murdered in their apartment in Manhattan on the same day as this speech, obviously of you know less historic moment, but there was something they called the career girl murders where the or career girls murders where these two young women were like murdered in their apartment on the upper east side and someone was charged with it and convicted and incarcerated for a number of years and not exonerated for 10 years and his case the the person who was charged with it was one of the like famous one of the cases that they listed in the Miranda decision about like here's why we need like to ensure this kind of protection because wow. it was such a famous like false confession coercion type huh. interrogation well I barely caught that but it's a good uh, good American uh, contrast right between the aspirational and the ugly truth that's uh, right there too yeah. A weird, right. a weird thing to be kind of happening at two times. And I think, I mean, that it, that it was included in this episode is meaningful in some way. Because yeah. the, the, the I Have a Dream speech is, you know, significant enough for that to only be talked about. So I kind of wonder, like, what they're trying to show with having both discussed. Like I said, it's just the contrast of, the, of America. Mm-hmm. You know, what we consider one of the greatest moments in our history can be immediately followed or simultaneously followed up with something heinous. Yeah. You know, and that just, it's run of the mill. You just keep going. Like neither of them even flinched with the story Mm -hmm. on. Of course they're preoccupied, but yeah. Yeah. It is just one after another, like no transition. Huh? Yeah. But yeah. Then after talking about the speech and all that, Don asks her to have coffee with him. She's like, you're going to be late for work. You're going to miss that train or you're going to miss <laughs> that, that plane. <laughs> um, and not quite at that point in this story. Uh, right. Arc, but not uh, quite. <laughs> almost there. Um, he's like, it's just coffee. And I'm always late. Which we've seen. <laughs> yeah, we know that. Yeah. That he knows one of our at least early, he knows that about himself. That was one of our earliest segments is what time of day is this right now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. And then she counters back that. Maybe that's why you can't sleep too much coffee. Which <sighs> yeah. The implication is like too much chatting up 
women that aren't your wife in the middle of the night. Yeah. God, what a weird interaction between the two of them, especially like printed over the news that's going on in the background. Right. Like it is flirtation, but it's not. Well, it's like how it's always been. It's like she's like pissed at him too, or they're like combative with each other. Yes. Obviously she's attracted to him and hates herself. Yeah. I know. Exactly. Why do I like this fucking clown? uh, I, I know this is absolute. Just D- so disaster stupid, waiting to so happen, hot. but yeah, yeah, I can't help myself. But we, like we talked about, Don. This is not Don's first pickup of random people in a car. Yeah. So this is just kind of for a him. Thing he's, he's like, doing. hey, he I'm driving care. around. Yeah. Whenever whatever, he's in that dude. car, that's like it's like his freedom area. Yeah, it's such an American man stereotype, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's like the yeah the party. Sally's party, like the first season, he goes just drives around with his drink and gets a dog and get, you know, gets a cake hours late. Right. It's just yeah, it's freedom, and that'll come into play in like the later part of the show. Well, it always seems to signify something bad about to happen because we can even go back to the car with Bobby mm-hmm. last season that crashed. It's yeah. Like anytime it's nighttime, or he's has that feeling in his bones driving the car mm-hmm. something bad happens yeah and nothing here is bad really but it's not, not we know good. it's not going to end well yeah. right yeah. i mean at the beginning of the season we were it was a shock that they were staying together that betty and don were staying together and yeah. here we are just now like the perils of his independence right like. and yeah let's just say a lot of bad decisions are going to be made in these wee small hours so, yeah that's uh, <laughs> what do they always say? Like, nothing good ever happens after yeah. 2 a.m. or whatever. Yeah, the, the famous bar line. Yeah, yeah, they're like, no. No good. <laughs> but this ends pretty uh, scot-free, I yeah, guess. He drops her off. Pops out after their little... Yeah. But it, she doesn't, like, shut him down entirely. No. She's like, easy, yeah. easy tiger. We've known since May Day when Don Terminator glanced her... Uh, Target acquired. The... Yeah, yeah, exactly. We knew where this was going. Yeah. Then, yeah, so... Uh, it's inevitable. It's just, it doesn't feel good right now. No. Really. And I think because of also what's happening with Betty, you're just like, oh, God, you guys. <laughs> I know. Get out of here. Yeah. So once he does get to the office, he apparently just crashed on the couch because Allison comes in probably, you know, promptly <laughs> at 8 or at 9 whenever the office opens. It's here to, like, give him his, like, newspapers, memos, and... He is like, oh, can I get some coffee? And she, like, <laughs> screams. She's star- so startled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, my God, I didn't know you were there. Yeah. yeah. So we know that he went into the office. He didn't do shit, though. <laughs> no, because he had something to type. I he, guess he did he have dictated the, something he have the over yeah. before. So. It's probably, probably some weird sexy hotel ad because he was yeah, in that God. kind of mindset. Who knows? The Jaguar ad coming to... Right. Yeah. Coming in God. already. Oh, let's not even go there yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, he scares her, and we find out that Hilton's not flying to Europe anymore. He's flying to California. So yeah. that changes plans, and get this out to him immediately. Don's, yeah. Don's first goal. He had already left a couple messages, which means, like, he didn't sleep, like, either. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay. Back at the Draper's house. It's also raining. Yeah. So, it's a rainy day today. Yeah. And that is gonna reflect in what happens throughout the plot um betty like looks at the newspaper and sees an there's like an article about how rockefeller the the governor of new york i guess Mm -hmm. had been doing a presidential kind of push and this is of course the person that henry 
Francis works for, and they're like, it's not looking good. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I don't believe he uh, wins the election or the. Uh, he definitely did not the, win the, the presidential nomina- election. The nomination, excuse me. <laughs> yes, it was against Barry Goldwater, who they also show in the uh, that article that Betty's looking at. They say yeah. he's probably going to get the nomination. He does. Yeah. Um, there you go. So this is just a nice, convenient excuse for her to uh, get back to that dream she had earlier today, right? Right. Um. Yeah. And so she, we see. Her pop out some stationery with a fleur de lis, that French symbol on the top. I'm surprised it's not personalized or monogrammed, but considering the nature of the letter, perhaps she chose something that wasn't because it was very secretive. I don't know if she put a return address on it either, but the letter says, Henry, does anybody else read this? B. Uh oh. Mm hmm. Don's like, not the only one. Snooping around, yeah, exa- Sle- sleezing around. Exactly. That is interesting. The stationery—it's kind of a lost thing, right? We don't have multiple stationaries made for a correspondence, but like only because of the cost limitations of that for me, though. This is basically like a U up text, right? Yeah. For today, the long form. <laughs> Sup? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> send this over. Does anyone read your mail? Yeah, this is a Snapchat. This is desperate <laughs> desperation too. Sending it straight to the office. I yeah. mean, not but, even calling. Like I don't know why she didn't call. I guess because she wanted to be able to. Yeah, it would attract attention of a secretary. I assume. Right. Um, Maybe it's more seductive this way too, like the letter writing, yeah. clandestine Romantic. nature of it. But, but uh, no, yeah. drop that off in the mailbox. Yeah. Once it's oh, gone, it's, you can't take it back. Nope. <laughs> No undo button here. No. Then back at the office, Peggy, Kurt, and Court yeah. um, <laughs> are back. <laughs> and they're here to pitch Hilton, and they give him some work, and Don's like, this isn't good. And they're like, these are based off of the like what you said. He's like, that doesn't make it good. Right. <laughs> Which is yeah. classic boss shit. Like, this was oh, the- you should <laughs> do that. And you're like, I did exactly what you told me. And they're like, yeah, but... No, you need to think for yourself. Good, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for initiative here. Exactly. Yeah. Um, clearly, whatever he thought up and put on that dictaphone earlier was not what he was hoping for either. Um, yeah. And this is just classic Don just trying to light that fire for these three. And just like taking out his stress about not coming up with something on them and being like, just keep bringing me stuff. I can't do this alone. But it's like you brought this in alone and you have a death grip on the account so yeah it's not his his anger is misplaced and then he says the words that nobody wants to hear in any business there's no deadline (laughs) you need to be doing this all the time anytime you think of something i need to hear it yeah so congrats you're now working 24 hours a day yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you're Um, in the shower and you think of it bill Right, yeah. Like that one <laughs> yeah. that one story about someone's big law firm saying, like, if you think about a case when you're in the shower, you should be billing for that time. Yeah, let's... Consider case strategy, 0.1. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> what a change of uh, attitude we have from Don from the early morning to waking up to now. So mm-hmm. maybe he never got the coffee. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. Right. But this is like... Prob- maybe it's a little frustration that... Things didn't go his way earlier in the in the day. Yeah. And yeah. But uh back to the drawing board. Obviously this is taking up all of his time. 
this Hilton thing, like, outside of work, too. Yeah, no, so exactly. It's, uh, he's maybe, yeah, he's kind of tired, too. Maybe that's why he's grumpy. Right, and there's such an odd personal aspect underlying yeah. the whole relationship yeah, with Hilton. Because it's his new dad that he wants to impress. Yeah, yeah, right. His well, first, I guess his, his only dad. first dad, yeah. Because that's Pete that has Don as his dad. Yeah. So. Pete is Conrad Hilton's grandson. Is that what you're... <laughs> Except for Pete, Pete is, is also Roger's grandson, isn't he? I thought we said... I yeah. thought we called Roger Don's dad once, too. <laughs> I'm sure did. this is not a new joke. <laughs> anyway, all these men have to go to a lot of therapy. This is really just a family drama. Yeah. Is what this is. <laughs> yeah. They have father problems, all of them. Yeah, it's true. It all comes back to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when when they get up to leave, you know, like, he's kind of joking around with Kurt and Court, but then, like, at Peggy, he just glares at Peggy because... You know, that he's like, why are you coming up with something? Like, you're better than yeah. this. You're, you're supposed to be me. You're my protege. Like, yeah. yeah, younger female form, and you should know what to do. Yeah. It's, like, it's tough. It's a tough yeah, one. I know. Poor Peggy. Peggy says almost nothing in this episode. Peggy has Great facial acting, though. Absent for the last few episodes. Have you noticed that? Yeah. it's Well, they just do this, and until you watch these episodes repeatedly, you don't see that characters just fall away for, for arcs. I mean, Lane, we haven't seen in quite a bit of time too yeah uh, no, so we didn't have any sterling last episode either yeah um so fortunately he's back at least but yeah it just seems like like later in the latter half of the show peggy doesn't drop off as much yeah and betty does more yeah which is kind of a function obviously of the future of yeah it goes back to my don draper planetary thesis. oh the he- yeah. what is that the heliocentric yeah. model of Mad Men. <laughs> right exactly where it, all that matters is who's revolving around Don once Peggy or once Betty, and of course these are spoilers, but no one's. Let's be honest, we say it every episode. They're getting divorced. No one's listening to this who hasn't watched the show. No one's listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> is this thing on? <laughs> Hello. Uh, um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, it, but it just does vary based on who is like impacting don's life yeah or who or who don cares about yeah or who has something parallel going on in their life that informs how don is processing something right or contrast exactly yeah it's like like we you know with pete and gundrun it's like we see how uncomfortable he was about kind of like going around trudy and like how he had a whole emotional breakdown in can contrast that with don like calling you know miss farrell and right. showing up at her door and yeah stuff. well yeah pete's just a baby don he's still learning his first steps of philandering and don's, <laughs> first yeah. don's is stewed. first steps out yeah don's is stewed to perfection at this point yeah, yeah. the baby's first steps yeah <laughs> baby's first steps out god yeah. oh, man. but uh <laughs> the pete campbell yeah story yeah so right now to don peggy is just doing a cog his work. that's not doing enough right it's not moving fast enough right and then of course you know though hilton is always is like top of mind right now they always are having to tend to the lucky strike account that's their bread and butter yeah quick jump to something don's not at all involved in but like you said informs his struggle with hilton because this is their 25 million dollar client that he landed after don did Lucky Strike, yeah. Yeah, after, in the, in the like, first a lot of, you know. Yeah, and uh, guess what? They're difficult, too, yeah. but in a much different way. Yes. Yeah, um, they're filming a commercial, and Sal is doing it because, as we remember, with 
whatever what account was that where sal oh the patio account he got this opportunity and his art direction and his filming was good even though the client didn't like it but don's like you know now you've got a reel and now you've shown that you can be a director right and uh yeah it's your pretty standard so cigarette commercials were banned from television radio in 1970 oh Um, wow so we had never seen those type of things. But you would see them in magazines, and yeah, they did have that Mar. This is like a Marlboro Man type thing for exactly, sure, yeah, right? It's very cowboy. Hiking, manly. Yeah. yeah. Puffing and looking, not not giving anyone eye contact <laughs> is basically what we've got there. So Unlike Pete, who Lee Garner Jr. is trying to pressure <laughs> to ha- just have a drag of a cigarette, and he's like, it's going to make me sick. And they're like, we don't even know what that means. Or it's not good for me. Yeah. And he does one puff and he's hacking like the rest of the scene. Like, yeah. Can barely breathe. And that's interesting because I didn't ever consider that maybe Pete doesn't smoke at all. Yeah. Don't forget that Don also offered Miss Farrell a cigarette during well, her run. after yeah, her job. Like, you smoke? Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. So yeah. maybe the younger generation has a little bit of health sense. It's very controversial, I think. Maybe it's not. When people actually figured out cigarettes were bad for you. Um, obviously, we know around this point the science is coming in, but we don't well, know about the average that. person. I mean, there was a Reader's Digest article, right, remember? in the show, in yeah. the show, yeah. But yeah, I guess I guess that's pretty widespread. So, yeah. anyway, but yeah, um... <laughs> Pete's hacking in the corner, and when the account man is gone, that's when things start to go awry. Because guess who's second in line here? Terry Crane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just, like, bumming around while Lee Garner Jr. is giving, like, his impressions and suggestions to Sal. He's like, why is he looking this way? He should look into the camera. And he's kind of like, oh, like, let me look and see what you're looking at. I have notes. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. And they're just like, your dad wanted it this way. Yeah. My dad's not here. Yeah. No, yeah. They're both. I have an eye for this shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then at home... At the the Draper's home, there's more letters coming in. Um, want to give a shout out to a dress of Betty's in this scene that I liked. It's like a white or cream shirt dress with uh, like full skirt, and it has vertical stripes of like green, like greenery, like ivy or leaves. It was very cool. I didn't even notice because there's too much other stinky shit going on in this scene. Yeah, which is. Betty anxiously ripping open her mail from Mr. Henry Francis. Right. And we don't know what day it is, but it hasn't been that long. So no. this came back, this as turned around quite could, quick, yeah, right? As soon as it was received. You ask me if anyone reads my mail. Not anymore. What a response. Yeah. He is a smooth operator. Yeah. Yeah. And he's... He smelled the blood, I he's guess like, you could say. Okay. He's like, okay, I see she's, where this is going. She's, she's into in. this, yeah. Yeah. And we know she is. Yep. So, is it going to happen? There'll be more. I guess it's going to happen. There'll be more mail. So, then the Lucky Strike commercial has to be edited and cut. And this is happening at the office in, like, the art room or whatever. And Lee Garner Jr. decided that he needed to tag along for this part, too. Even though clients usually do not. Anyone that watches the show, this has to be up there as some of the. This is the most memorable plotline of this episode, and we'll yeah. see why. But yeah. everyone knows this episode like what's because happen. of this yeah. scene and its repercussions. Yeah. So. No, exactly. But yeah, he talks about 
that he had a long, wet lunch, he says, and then kind of obliquely refers to, like, sleeping with the secretary. Yeah. That's, that was the vibe and, I And got. drinking, of course. Which i not sure if that's true or if that was just one more test. To, to see what like, he said. Because yeah. Sal says, I don't have a secretary. Right. To see if uh, he did. Sal oh, yeah. laughed like one of them. Don't you love having sex with women yeah, exactly. all the time? Yeah, to like, see what kind of reaction he got. Um, you know, when everyone's, not everyone, but when uh, professional people like in the show are closeted, this is like the kind of, you know, they had yeah. the huge Wait, conversation the with Sal of. and... Uh, yeah, the other the Belgian ex- guy. The other executive back where they had to kind of feel each other out. And right, then... to be to feel safe, to feel like you can, yeah, make that move. Let's just say not everybody is open to having those types of conversations. Uh, see Lee Garner Jr. here. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we've seen him be just, like, loud and boisterous and annoying and come from a very traditional Southern... Family, right. and he prefaces this scene with that too, where they're talking about, "Oh, are you going to move to out of the cigarette business and into film?" And he's like, "Not while my dad's alive." Yeah, but there's obviously, he's obviously in something that is lucrative, a family thing that he doesn't want to do, which right. Sal can relate to, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, then he kind of starts touching Sal, and Sal like jumps back, and they have this like interaction where. Lee is just, like, adamant, like, I know that, basically, like, I I can see that you're gay or that, like, Mm -hmm. and don't you want to hook up in this film room and blah, blah, blah. And Sal, I I don't think Sal, like, acknowledges that. He just says that he is, but he just, like, shuts it down, you know. Yeah, I don't think he assents to being gay in this scene. Yeah. But, um, and says that he's married and Lee's like, yeah, I'm too, like. Duh, like, not the point here yeah yeah right um but no Sal so then he like gets up further and like goes across the room turns the light on and just totally changes the subject is like here's when it's gonna be ready here's when the film's gonna be edited yeah sorry little motorcycle, motorcycle in the background outside. but uh yeah and it's a good contrast to what was it episode one of the season where they go to baltimore mm-hmm. and He's ready to let loose in that, it seems. Yeah, well, it's, but, you know, just like everyone else, if you're not attracted to someone just because they're the demographic you're into. It's also a contrast to his concerns he had with the Belgian League guys. Like, this could ruin everything. You know, yeah. They're all very acutely aware of that. that yeah. This is not something that can be out in the open. And so, I mean, just the risk of getting caught uh, probably kept Sal on his guard a bit more. Like, yeah, I'm that's gonna, hard to I'm say. Not going to ruin my career for this. Unfortunately, it's a... it, and he doesn't even. Yeah, there's doesn't no. Even there's it. no for this. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, and then Lee, like, just like, oh, I get it. You're at work. Like, well, too bad. And then he like leaves and sell. After a moment, just like he throws the film reels like against the wall because he's like, I can't believe like, like he feels like being at risk. He's like the biggest client we have like could tell and then i rejected him and how is that going to play out imagine oh my uh, gosh yeah a very unsal reaction right yeah he's too. very yeah. usually composed and pretty like gentle gentle personality and so he right. just freaks out yeah and just like don we see, and just like don earlier we see lee play it off very coolly this rejection mm-hmm. off very coolly in this episode only to uh Actually, know that it bothered him a lot. Actually, be extremely upset. Exactly. 
So that's uh, fun. We'll see not, where that goes. Not good. Right? Another wee small hours moment. People alone in a dark uh, mm-hmm. film room. Yeah. Not good. Not, go to sleep. <laughs> go home. Go to sleep. Nothing good. Yeah. And then at the Draper's house, Betty, now that she knows that she's safe to write Henry a letter, she's going to write Henry a letter. Right. And this is the, uh, oh my God, the narration style. Yeah. Uh, it's so goopy. and Yeah. Uh, Emma does this a lot, though, I feel like. They do. It's like with Dawn, they'll be like... With that weird flute behind that they play, yeah. that sad flute. <laughs> <laughs> like the Jurassic Park recorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or the, uh, parent, the Fox pictures, like... um yeah but it's also still and it's like along with it being the letter and we talked about how that like kind of you know it's like an old regency era like formality so it's not like a very it's not like an overtly sexual letter but it's like i like can't believe i can hear your thoughts every day yeah it's very sentimental yeah and like very uh, emotionally open Right, and romantically optimistic, I guess, in a way. It's like, I can't believe we've known each other for, or we've only met three times. But I feel so connected to you, that kind of thing, yeah. exactly. But yeah, so she sends that out, and then, yeah, it's been showing her, like, wandering around the house, and she ends up just falling asleep in a chair with a glass of wine in her hand, and Dawn, like, comes in and grabs the glass out of her hand and kind of looks, like, puzzled. Yeah. Like, it's not what's, typical for her. What's going on here? Yeah. And it's a different chair than the fainting couch, so... Yeah. <laughs> That's why the letters weren't sexy. <laughs> yeah. Then, unfortunately, the fallout is going to start from Lee Garner Jr. getting his feelings hurt. Yes. Um, Which, it's Harry Crane and Paul Kinsey late at the office... Because Harry has to, like, watch TV all the time with his job because he has to make sure the ads are being placed correctly. Right. What a dream. <laughs> yeah, right. But Kinsey's just hanging out there because yeah. he doesn't have anything else to do, yeah, of course. he doesn't have any other friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Crane, too, makes a mention about how his mother-in-law says he looks like Perry Mason because that must be what they're looking for watching. And Kinsey's like... It's not a compliment. It means she thinks you're fat. Uh, well. Yeah, a little astuteness from, uh, from Kinsey. Kinsey. Yeah, Kinsey isn't afraid to tell Just it like it, it is, yeah. you know. Right. Um, Harry looking a little chubs, but it's yeah. kind of always, his, he's always had that look, too. Yeah. I think it, I think it was meant as a compliment, though, but I guess we don't know. Harry's we don't know the mother-in-law situation. Mother-in-law. We do know that Jennifer is very, like, you know, she pushes, pushes Harry. Yeah. She's a strong personality, so who knows? But at any rate, then Harry gets a phone call and he's surprised because it's late. And who is it on the other line? But Lee Garner Jr. Yep. And he's especially doesn't understand this because it's like Pete and Roger are the ones that handle the like account. 
management right. for this. He was just like there because he's like you he's know. the TV guy. Yeah, yeah. and he's he involved the in placing work. the spot, exactly. but not involved in like the account overall. But we've talked about before how Harry's position is very nebulous because it's so new and so immediately important Mm -hmm. that he'd be easy to mistake for an account guy. But we know here that Lee calls him for a very specific purpose, is that he doesn't want the account people involved in this at all. Yeah, he wants to go around them. Yes, and uh, I guess Lee just assumed that Harry was Sal's boss, but anyway. I don't think so. I think he just, I think it was just a matter of going around him. Lee tells Harry that he has a little bit of a problem, and... Then he specifies that the problem is, Sal, I don't want to work with him. Take him off. Yeah, fire and him. Harry's like, I can't do that. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, no, I mean, I can't do that kind of thing. I'm yeah. not, I don't have any authority here. And I don't think, I don't think Lee knows that because Lee didn't even know what the commercial was. So I'm not sure how Lee, how much Lee yeah. Jr. is involved day to day with these, yeah. uh, the ad people. I think, yeah, I think it's office. definitely possible that he could have thought Harry could just Fire done that, yeah. or just like told Sal to leave the account. Right. Yeah. He's like, well, you know, I, I would have to talk to Roger or Pete about that kind of thing, and Lee's like, actually, don't even no, talk no, to them. No, no, no just no. handle it yourself. Yes. So. Yeah. And then that's all. And Harry's like, or Kinsey's like, well, what happened? And he tells them, and he's like, what are you going to do? He's like, well, I don't know, because Harry, of course, too, understands how big the account is. Right. And. Harry notes that he was really drunk, which he was with Sal, too. So mm-hmm. this is just a, a long bender. And so, yeah, we'll see what Harry does. We we know what Harry's going to do before we even see it. I, well, I feel yeah. like knowing Harry, we know exactly what he's going to do. Yeah, he prefaces it, prefaces it saying, I'm not going to panic and do something stupid like I usually do. <laughs> but well, sometimes you can just state foreshadowing, and it's great when yep. the show just... I'm not going to panic, and (laughs) yeah, no. So we'll see. Not only does Conrad Hilton call at 4 a.m., Conrad Hilton calls at 11.30 p.m. Yes. Does Don get any moment of rest? No. Yeah, just the wee small hours. Nope. 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 He doesn't care, but Don is, like, audibly annoyed in this call, and Connie is like, oh, don't be like that. I know it's a privilege to call you at home. I don't think I've worn that out yet. <laughs> Who yet? Yet. And even though, like, Betty and Don had joked earlier that while the baby wakes up every four hours or every three hours, Hilton only calls every four hours. Like, crazy. So he's, yeah, continuing to do that. And he has Don to come out for a drink. And he's like, now? And yeah, that's what he wants to do. So, it's not that late, Don. Yeah, just come on the train into the city to the Waldorf Astoria for a drink. I mean, Don's going to do it. And when he gets there, this is when he's offered some Prohibition-era liquor that even Don winces drinking. Yeah, and it's in, like, hair tonic bottles. Yeah. So it's still, it's, like, legitimately from Prohibition. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, uh, cool. Pretty cool. Right? Yeah. That's 30 years back. Yeah. 34 years back, something great there. A little less than that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the uh, that Parks and Rec scene where to, like, fight for Ron Swanson. They're, they're, it's like Don, Ron's mom versus Tammy one, and they're having a contest of drinking that moonshine. And all of, like, the Parks and Rec people volunteer to, like, help 
Oh, yeah. Vaughn's mom and Leslie takes a drink of it and she's just like poison. Yeah. <laughs> and then a- April's like, my family's Puerto Rican, like we can handle this. And then she like doesn't, she like spits it out immediately. <laughs> nope. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like that. Great scene. Ron's yeah. mom's also named Tammy, right? Is I'm she? pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, good stuff. A lot going but, on uh, there. But Don can at least take it down with him. Yes. Um, and man, then we go full-on Uncle Sam American exceptionalism here, don't we? In that, you know, as we know, we know how religious Conrad Hilton is just like as a cultural, something known culturally with the Bibles and such in the hotels, but he like throws it in there that them believing in God makes them a force of good and that's why they're better than the communists. Yeah, it's such, it's a classic like capitalist pick-me-up, like successful capitalists, like not, we're special. We believe in God. We're special. Yeah, and God guides us to earn more money. (laughs) He's rewarded us so far, yes. And all we can do is continue to do what we're doing type thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this goes back to Hilton, you know, wanting the moon and all this stuff. Like, there's no stopping. Yeah. You get more and God gives you more. Right. And so I assume he just invited him to give uh, give Don this rant about how important it is and, you know, talking about how they ultimately... (laughs) overcome like you said the communists right the khrushchev at disneyland uh situation which yeah. i found a little article on it's very interesting yeah uh, so what did i'd never heard of that other outside of this yeah khrushchev went on a huge tour of the u.s and if you don't know nikita khrushchev we, we've Is that the kitchen battles this was part of it yeah um this wasn't not it, the same though. event but right. like i'm pretty sure that was Eisenhower Earlier. went to Moscow. Oh yeah, and okay. like yeah. they talked about. I don't know. It's going on during this time. Who's got a better post-war life? Most things are booming. Yeah, we talked about Khrushchev during the Cuban Missile Crisis too. I believe he's a fascinating individual. Yeah, um, big outlandish character. And uh, during the tour, he was hobnobbing with a bunch of celebrities. He went and met Shirley Temple. And Shirley MacLaine on this trip to Hollywood. Uh, it was a two-week trip through the U.S. And Frank Sinatra hosted them for lunch as well. It's absolutely crazy yeah. to think about these days. Uh, especially, like, during the Cold War. Right. It's like, we, oh, we, yeah, just casual little. Right. We were always, yeah. I don't know, we were always taught that there was minimal contact, I guess, actually. Mm-hmm. Not like they were visiting each other's countries like this. Yeah. But no, anyway, bizarre. Khrushchev, during this trip was informed that his original plan to go to Disneyland uh, had to be canceled for security reasons. And he was very upset. He really wanted to go, apparently. And uh, I mean, that is the best capitalism has to offer. Right. And so Khrushchev very much wanted to go to Disneyland. They said no. So he's like, why can't I go there? Do you have rocket pad- <laughs> rocket launching pads there? And they just might. And the Matterhorn, they might. Had this huge shit fit about it. And this <laughs> is 1959. Um and uh, didn't get to go. Uh, his wife and daughters were still permitted to go, well, but uh, okay they did not go. Oh. They decided to stay with, uh, with Khrushchev. We'll post the article. It's very short, and it's just one of those odd uh, historical like moments that you just kind of fell through the cracks. Yeah, you know? very bizarre. Yeah. Um, but they talk about it, and like, that was the end. Khrushchev would be ousted by 1964. So soon after this, mm-hmm. um, actually. Yeah. And uh, 
So five years and he's gone. And that this was this like... This was 63 this was, in the movie, but this in was the 50, show. Yeah, and this is yeah. 59. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's what made him fall apart. So maybe that's when he started to lose his grip on uh, control of the country is what Hilton's actually meaning here. Right? Yeah, and like, you know, the fact that he couldn't like be witness to like how Americans like contra- like conjure a dream in mm-hmm. capitalist form. like Right. Yeah, and he's f- just fuming because he's this... The probably the most powerful person in the world, aside from the U.S. president, right? Mm-hmm. And he can't get into Disneyland where thousands of people go every day. Yeah, yeah. And that Children. just blood like <laughs> boils his blood. Yeah. And yeah, but apparently that was the be all end all. That's it. And so yeah, Conrad's point here is, uh, there's more magic here than just business or intent. Yeah. You know, to try and win. Yeah, there's, you can't there's replicate. extra spirit or magic here with the U.S. Yeah, you can't replicate the beauty of capitalism. Right. Very, very beautiful sentiment. <laughs> but also he's kind of like poking to like say, listen, we need to remind everyone that Hilton's American. And that's why it's great, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, I don't, let's not get into politics, yeah, but like... But- we need Let's to allude it. to that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. Goodness and confidence. Yeah. Pref- and then this leads into maybe the most crazy thing of the whole scene, where we get a little more into Connie's head about mm-hmm. how he feels, lo- obviously, extremely lonely and kind of cursed. Yeah. Like King Midas curse. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then says Don's like his son. Calls more- him his angel. His little baby boy. <laughs> Little baby Donnie. Yeah. Yeah. And says sometimes more than his own sons, he's like a son. Because, because. I know that you didn't earn this, or you didn't have this. Yeah, you, you earned grew this. it. Yeah. yeah. Like I did. They relate to each other. Yeah, they relate to each other. Yeah, just another wrench Ranks in this relationship, right? Where's this going? Is this business? Is this friendship? Is it just two dudes drinking, two lonely people drinking? Instead of at a bar, it's at a, a room shooting shit and getting sentimental. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's very very strange, um, but yeah, that's the season has just been really a wild ride with Mr. Hilton, like Mr. Toad's wild ride at Disneyland. <laughs> Mr. Which, Hilton, which we were there, wild ride. we were there recently. Full disclosure, uh, so yeah, uh, it was awesome. Um, we did not get barred from the door for our dissident but beliefs. I did have <laughs> lots of capitalist wonderment at it. Yes, I bought a lot of things. Plus, Christina is. Uh, as capitalist prime. as they come <laughs> when it comes to Disneyland and yeah. uh, shopping. So. I'm a prime target for that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. I yes. would have I would have been as distraught as Khrushchev if I'd been excluded from Disneyland. Mickey Mouse is Don Draper to Christina's Miss Farrell, just acquiring Target yeah. founder. <laughs> You're coming with me. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> come with me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I don't know what Connie's Endgame. Is it a, was it a vent? Was it a redirection of the campaign? Was it? I feel like it was a personal l- thing. Just all personal. Uh, it's it was just we just can't get a read. I just can't get a read on this guy, and it doesn't seem like Don can either. either. The jokes never land with him. He always like thinks he's being being insulted. Right. Like yeah, it's, it's he bizarre. doesn't know how to react. Yeah, it's finally Don on his heels. Mm-hmm. We don't see it much. Then we're. In the Draper home, there's a knock at the door. Betty just peeks out of the window. And who is it? She 
steps back, puts her hand on her chest, is like, oh, man. Opens the door. It's Mr. Francis in the flesh. Those DMs come to life eventually. Can't just DM forever, right? Yeah. Letter writing. What is this, camp? No. Yeah, we're here. He's going to show up. He's like, I know I shouldn't be here. It's just I wanted to see you. I wasn't thinking. Oh, boy. It's so intense. So we're doing this, right? We're doing this, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. And then Carla walks in from, she'd come in through, like, the back door, like, the side door, because I think she was getting groceries or something. Yes. And then Betty notices her, her, hears her coming in, like, takes, like, you know, a huge step back from Henry is like, oh, hey, Carlo, this is Henry Francis from the governor's <laughs> office. Uh, have you ever met him? Anyway, from the governor's office, Mr. Francis, we're professional colleagues. <laughs> Say hello. <laughs> and yeah. Carla's like, oh, hello. And, you know, Henry, of course, does like turn on the charm. Like he gets a right. that big like political smile and he's like, oh, like pleasure to meet you. Yeah, he does what he needs to do. He's caught in a spot, but he knows how to act. Yeah, but but then he, you know, and he takes it a little further for more cover, and he's like, yeah, anyway, this will be a great spot for the fundraiser. Um, we'll get that set up. Yeah. Carla's not Bobby or Sally. This yeah. is awful. Like, no, this she, is, she knows, knows immediately what's going on. fishy is going right. on. Anyway, yeah, great place for a fundraiser. And Betty's like, the- oh, yeah, yeah, good. A fundraiser. Yeah. Like, there's a reason they showed the article that basically showed Rockefeller out of the race. Yeah, and Betty like, knew this that. This fundraiser, like, this fundraiser is worthless. Yeah. No one wants it's this. It's pretextual yeah, as it's hell. Useless. Yeah. But <laughs> she's like, I'll check with my husband. And then, um, yeah, he leaves. Betty goes upstairs, and Carla watches her go up the stairs like, this bitch. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the Francine one where she's like, I, this slut. Now she's like, oh, I can't believe you. Yeah, except. And Carla's like, oh, no. Like, yeah. I am a witness to you skirting around. Right. Carla, there's no, like, joy yeah. in that. It's not like Francine's, Francine's like, like, oh, these oh, neighborhood tirades yeah, or, like, exactly. trysts. Yeah. No, Carla's like, oh, great. This now puts I my to, job in jeopardy. Yeah, <laughs> I had to play along with this yeah. and pretend I didn't see right. a weird moment, which I did. Yeah. Uh, and it's a shitty position to put her in. Right. It's a good uh, parallel to Sal's situation and even Harry's situation where now you have to start keeping secrets but also doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you have to actively like help with the secret keeping. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know. you're in a bad position because other people are making you be in that position especially one like this is such a fucking farce you know they're not oh yeah they're so they it was it was so clear that there was no fundraiser planned here yeah yeah i mean is a quick thinking on henry's part but like oh man but it still didn't that, sound good that's yeah. what you're gonna go with it's always good when the worst acting in the episode is purposefully bad like this yeah uh, yeah anyway uh <laughs> fundraiser yes and this buddy's like yes fine. of course i'll ask my <laughs> husband who i'm married to <laughs> it's uh yeah it's like in friends when joey has to keep monica and chandler's relationship a secret <laughs> and they are doing laundry but that's like the code word. oh yeah yeah <laughs> and and Joey's just, not good at keeping a secret. And, it, and Joey's just rolling his eyes all the time. He's like, "This is so bad." Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's so obvious that something weird's going on here. But yeah. Less funny in this situation because uh, 
the show is not meant to be as funny. Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, as we were talking about the position Harry is in, we go back to the office and we find out how Harry handled that call and then said he did nothing and said nothing. Right. And expected it to go away. Thought that Lee would be so drunk or that, you know. That it would blow over, yeah. So flashback to him in the office where he said, I am not going to panic and do something stupid. Technically, he succeeded in that front because he did nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, so. it, the act of omission was yeah. pretty you know, significant here. Right. And he's so nervous that Roger calls him out because he's yeah. knocking on the bar he's like, while, while they're waiting. Yeah, he's kind of like fidgeting around and Roger's like, relax, like calm down. Yeah. Could you shut the fuck up? We're about to meet with him. Well. Lee... Walks into the conference room, sees that Sal is there, and turns around, pissed off, walks out, says yeah. nothing. And it doesn't get much clearer than that reaction. And then Pete like chases after him. Yeah, um, Pete has no idea what's going on because you know no he's... one does except for Sal, kind of, and Harry, Harry, kind of. Right. I don't. Like Harry doesn't know why Lee is mad at Sal, and Sal doesn't know that Lee had given instructions for him to have been off the account. So. Right, because Sal has never dealt with that reaction before. Yeah. The people, he was f- fortunate in the sense for the people that he dealt with were secretive and less reactive. Yeah. Right? Right. Because really usually good. everyone's yeah. trying to kind of keep each other's secret. But again, there's a Southern vibe here that's a little stricter yeah. uh, family. A little more at stake, I would say, yeah. for League Gardner Jr. And a lot more and, emotions uh, and... Exactly. Aggression from keeping those bottled up. Right. He's the type of guy that Connie probably, yeah, he's like Connie's real sons probably. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Impetulant, angry, and yeah, now now we've got a problem. Yeah. And this puts Roger into panic mode. Yeah. Right? Yeah, understandably, because it's, again, this is the million this is dollar, the agency. $25 million account. Um, and he's like, what is going on? And Pete's like, I don't know, what is going on? And finally, Harry's like, Lee was really drunk, asked me to fire Sal. And I told him I couldn't. And Roger is says, And you made an executive decision to do nothing. <laughs> Angry Roger, we don't get a ton, but when we do, he comes out just shredding everybody. Yeah. He's like, when something goes wrong, you call mommy and daddy. <laughs> yeah. That's me and Don. <laughs> you yeah. know who's who. Yeah. You know which one's which. Right. But the normal, like, <laughs> the normal, uh, like Roger Goldstar moments have such an essence of comedy to them. Yeah, and, and this is just brutal. This is funny, but then he fucking fires Sal on the spot. And he just says, Sal, you're fired. Just like that. Like, yeah. without a second thought. Yeah. And he's and like, Lee, once you fired, you're gone. You're gone. It's that simple. That is what we do here. Even though, even if, like, Harry had raised it, what Lee said was, I want him off the account, not I want him fired from your business, but the step that Roger takes after seeing how strongly he reacted is, oh, this, you're just gone entirely. This is an he SO. Must, he assumes, because he trusts the logic of uh, another rich guy and a client that he's trying to impress, like, oh, you must have done something wrong. I don't, I don't even know that it, it matters to him that far. I think that he's like, no, they are so mad that we have to take an extra step here. You can't yeah, just you can't be off the account. The we have to have fired you completely. For whatever you've done, no question to ask. Yeah, that's probably, Doesn't matter. That's probably more You accurate. have to go now, and you can thank Harry for this, basically. Yeah, and he's like, we'll see what we do with you. It, yeah, and he has another great line where he says, you're going to use your dying breath to get Don to fix this. To tell Don to fix this. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So now we have to rope in Don, who we've already seen has not been in the best mood when he's in the office. And Roger's also kind of pissed that somehow Don isn't, like, somehow Don didn't prevent this, even though Don didn't know about it, because he's like, well, Don fixes everything now, apparently. Right. So and this is a creative problem. Yeah. Talk to Don. Well, he wants a creative fired, too. So it's like, it's really not an account problem, except that Harry bungled it. And now it became an account problem. Right. So. But uh, Roger went above, went over Don and fired him. Right. You know. Which, I mean, Roger still has the ability to do that, I think. Yeah. No, I think he does. Yeah. But so. He only wants Don to have to, like, clean up the mess he's, with a client. He's pissed at Don, and we'll, we'll get to that, too, in this episode. Yeah. Uh, I mean, their relationship's not been good all season. Right. So we, we know that that's still not right. <laughs> like when... Don finally signed the contract, and he's like, I don't want any contact with Roger Sterling. And it's like, your boss? Like, what does that even mean? Right. How can you not have contact with him? I know. That it's, makes no it's sense, so Don. It was such a strange thing, but anyway. But, a lot of baggage. Yeah, so they... So Harry heads over to Don's office. Sal's kind of following behind him, because he's like, oh my god, like, obviously panicking, and just, it all happened f- so fast, and then... Harry is, like, outside talking to Allison. The secretary is like, is he available? And Don's like, I can hear you and I can see you. Just come in. Who died here? It's so good. Yeah. She has no patience for this. Harry says what happens and then leaves. And is like, Roger said to tell you to fix it. Those are his words. And Don is like, I hate all of this. You just see it in his face. Like, fucking Roger. Are you yeah. kidding me? And, you know, we're hoping here that Don saves Sal. Yeah, of course right? we're hoping that. Because and we've thing, seen Don do things of that nature before. Yeah, one thing we can say is that maybe not. Maybe he'll berate them privately, but he usually goes to bat for his his guys, the creative and team. Gals. Yes, exactly, and his yeah. gals especially. And uh, so, the initial thought is that he's going to say, "You're not fired. You're off the account." Right. I'll talk to Roger. I'll talk to Lee. Blah blah blah. I'm mad, but we'll fix it. Right. That's what you would think, but. Don, first of all, Don knows what's actually probably Yeah, and he, gone, he gets Sal by, yeah. to actually disclose. And so Don is the only one other than Sal that knows the whole picture. Right, and we don't know what gets translated here. As you said, we don't know whether Lee meant, we think Lee meant that just get him off the account, not fire him completely. Right. Um, we don't know what Don thinks exactly the situation is, because by the time he gets Don, Roger just fired him already. Right, right. So... Uh, there's just a lot lost in translation, but it doesn't really matter because Don cuts through the bullshit pretty quickly. Yeah. And it's like... But he, yeah, we remember that Don is the only one at the office that knows about Sal. And unfortunately, he weaponizes that against Sal in this. And he's like, oh yeah, I bet you were so surprised, right? It's brutal. Yeah, must have been. And... He's like, yeah, and of course, because you're married, there couldn't have been anything that happened. Of course. It's very, very cutting. Very, very awful. Yeah. I mean, Don says, you people, to him. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. No, he's relying on stereotypes, and he's blaming him because of his sexuality. He's blaming him for what happened. Right. And, And this is, I guess, I'm trying to think if we've really gotten a lot from Don uh, regarding his prejudices before this i think we've really mostly gotten that he's extremely open-minded generally uh, generally but um when it as he he perceives this to like now it's affected the business right and basically he's saying you're expected to 
fuck for business. Yeah. And he basically says it doesn't matter yeah. which way He's like, I would have. Yeah. <laughs> would have depended on the woman and would have depended on the situation. But right. yeah. $25 million account. He even says, Lucky Strike can, like, that's it. Yeah. We're done if we don't have him. I think there's another, another kind of layer to it is Don being like, well, you're gay anyways. Like, why, why would you care, like, what man it is? Like, right. you know, just assuming that. If that's what you like, why don't you just go for it? Right. You know? Again. And it's like, no, just because. His style. Yeah. Yeah. I like men doesn't mean you know, I like all men. Yeah. Don, I mean, Don doesn't send, doesn't understand the the danger yeah. of it either. Yeah. I think. Like, that's been oh, built up no, for us. No, absolutely. No one does so, other than Sal. And, exactly. Yeah. Um, but that's it. Sal's done. Yeah. Like, his last hope was Don and Don's. Don even says, like, you're great. But this is, you know, this is how it has to be. Yeah. Um, Bye. Um, Shakes his hand. Like, I have personal relationships, res- mutual respect. It's out the window if it's costing us the business. Right. Like he you was, know? he kept, and he kept Sal's secret and he'll continue to, but yeah, now he's, he's not going to reverse Roger, even knowing, you know, the extra layer to it. No need to dust up more drama that he doesn't want now that he has to go and, uh, Band-aid the situation with Lucky Strike, right. basically. Which we don't see, at least in this episode. No, But we don't. he immediately is getting on the phone with Lee. Give me Lee Garner Jr. Damn it! Damn it, Allison. <laughs> so then Betty basically makes Carla put on a performance for Don as well about the whole pretextual fundraiser. Without telling her, of course. Yeah. It's an improv <laughs> performance, but she doesn't know that she's... This was- being yes ended into it again this is part of the job carla apparently I'm sorry you've got a lie for me yeah um and it's again it's like very with like airs put on where um carla's there washing the dishes and she turned betty turns to don is like oh by the way um that man from the governor's office remember henry francis which is like this is the second time she's brought him up in a way that's like oh that guy you know like mm-hmm. i don't even know his name um <laughs> uh it's he, childlike he wants to do a fundraiser carla met him and carla is like thank you very much miss betty <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much miss lippy <laughs> um yeah it's like yep anyway i should be going yeah get me the fuck out of here like i'm not gonna yeah she doesn't say yeah i met him and i had some thoughts and she's not nor does she say like yeah, no, he was lovely. She's like, okay, bye. I'm, I'm gone. Yeah. yeah. But Don is also so wrapped up in his own stuff that he doesn't even notice the he significance does. of this. No one would ever cheat on Don, right? Right. Um, but, yeah. yeah. It's, and, again, it's just more power, like, Betty being like, you have to do this with me because I can fire you. Right. And Betty basically digs herself into a corner here. She could have just said nothing. So... I don't know that she's figured out that Carla's not an idiot. Yeah. And so absolutely knew exactly what was going on. So this is more for Carla than for Dawn. Because she could have just said nothing that this guy came over. Yeah. But because they said that right. thing about the fundraiser She'd be with like, Carla yeah, Carla, there, right? You know, yeah. that's what it was about. Right? Because there's no reason for her to tell Dawn any of this. There's no reason at all. Only well, Carla saw her. I mean... Saw Henry. Now, though, I feel like she was priming it for, like, if Carla happened to mention something when Don is around later. Just like, oh, yeah, like, when that guy came over and talked about the fundraiser, 
And then Don would have been like, what guy? Right. Because remember the thing with the, the, the air, air conditioner the guy, air conditioning God forbid. Salesman, yeah. And. But again, she, Betty brought that up. Again, she could have just said nothing about the air, except she wanted an air conditioner, which <laughs> who could blame her for that? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> what did she say? She's like, yeah, you know, the, the air is getting in through these gaps in the windows. And Don's like, how do you know that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're a woman. How do right. you understand science? Yeah, and well, engineering. I, I felt the breeze as I was rubbing up against the washing machine. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't. I just don't. I think it's more for Carlos' edification here, because Don doesn't give a shit, and she knows that, right? She has to know that. Yeah, to I an think. Extent. I um, think it's to warn her that there's a story that, and here's the story you're going to be sticking yeah. to. Right. I, I guess. But yeah. either way. Betty saying this alone means she has to hold the fundraiser. Uh, get permission from Don. Don has the classic Don reaction that we all expected. It's like, I don't care what you do. I don't want to go, though. Yeah, as long as I don't have to be there. Do whatever you, you want. You do you. Yeah. And uh, so. So um, <laughs> after a brief scene showing Sal packing up and it lingers on that relaxed poster he had Don art like in an early earlier episode mm-hmm. where it was like. He looked at Muscular. his neighbor looking really relaxed and handsome in yeah. the backyard. Um, so there's that. But then Betty doubles down by calling Henry's office saying, oh, gosh, I thought it would be the service. And she's like, this is Betty Draper. And he's on the other line. He laughs. He's like, I know. I know. I, you don't <laughs> think I know your calling voice me right now. I don't think yeah. I've heard your voice in my head for the last four months. Mm-hmm. But she's like. Well, and then she like moves, moves like into the doorway of the living room so Don can hear and see her on the phone (laughs) to be like, well, my husband and I discussed it. So yeah, we'll do the fundraiser. And Don's blurred out. Like that's just how the camera is shot. So it's like, he's not paying attention. We're just supposed to see him as this presence behind her. That's like this specter over her. Yeah, that that she's like, Is forcing her to do this, I guess. Give him the old razzle dazzle. And then you flash back to Henry and he's like, Oh, no. He's like, oh, you're, you're going to do you're that. You're going to do this? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and she, she's like through gritted teeth. She's like, I had to. And not quiet either. Not like whispering it on the phone. Like, I had to. She yeah, just says because, it pretty loudly. <laughs> yeah, because we committed to the bit, Henry. Uh, yeah, I committed to this bit. He's like, oh, I great. Did this, I did this by But he's this. just amused. He's like, okay, yeah. you know, looking forward to it. For someone that was such a diabolical ice queen last season, there is such a clumsiness to this, yeah. these interactions that she has. But I think uh, it's it's also contrasted with like how smooth and co- confident Henry is because oh, he's yeah. just like, I'll just wait and see like how you handle this. Well, he can be. He's not. He's not attached, yeah. which we'll find out is important. Well, obviously, him, it's yeah. important to everybody yeah. here. So he has no pressure. Uh, outside how, yeah for how he needs to conduct himself other than you know not the, hitting on someone's wife the assumed, in front of them yeah, the assumed moral pressure of uh not um yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah no it's uh so we're having a fundraiser <laughs> for rockefeller huh all right <laughs> for failing candidate rockefeller yeah, christina's favorite moments parties parties 1960s baby. parties yeah yeah then we're gonna finally Try to get Hilton lured in. Yeah. Impressed your dad. They're in Don's kingdom now, the uh, Cowboys. Board, the pre- presentation boardroom. 
And Connie is wearing a cowboy hat in the meeting. It looks great. Gotta say. New Mexico territory right there. A real Southwesterner. And being like a billionaire at the same time. uh, blue, Blue black suit with a white to off-white cowboy hat it's a look yeah it is a look it's a rich person's cowboy that's western business for you (laughs) yeah and don's putting on this pitch and he's talking about how their previous work had been focused on international destinations but what they're going to focus on is that you have the luxuries of like american fine lifestyle while you're in international destinations right so what he took from the conversation was listen you can live in america anywhere yeah you can experience you... <laughs> american greatness anywhere everywhere with yeah. hilton yeah which it's pretty good and it's a, it a pretty good i ad. think it's a good intuition from the conversation of mm. what hilton would have been looking for right and the initial smile from hilton during the pitch it seems like it's yeah. going really well it's yeah. a cool pitch it's it is. There, I mean, there's some paternalistic qualities to it, of course, but yeah. that is part of the uh, the era, I guess. But right. yeah, I think it's a solid pitch, and everyone's pretty proud of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the initial smile from Hilton is like, oh, this is pretty yeah. good. And he says, yeah, I understand. It's friendly, but inviting. And then we go off the rails completely. <laughs> but I said I wanted Hilton on the moon (laughs) and what part of that did you not understand don's like the part where there's not hilton's on the moon yeah it's like what are we advertising there's moon creatures is that what we're advertising to up there aliens don is completely at and this is part of the relationship that is so vexing for him he's never been able to grasp hilton's sense of humor versus when hilton is serious right right yeah and apparently this guy, like many other great American entrepreneurs, is kind of a nut job too. Yeah. But uh, he just doesn't know how to respond to that. It's like, where's the moon? It's like, I, I thought you meant like I'm, to the moon with this great genius yeah, advertising. Like, like, let's go as far as we can go together. Yeah. I mean, mm. like you said, man has not landed on the moon. Right. Yet, so. And Hilton's response. Well, that's not the moon. That's not what I asked for. So the next response is, well, we can write one up about the moon if that's what you yeah. want. That's not what I asked for either. Yep. And, and then he's like, everyone get out. I need to talk to Don in private. Yeah. And another great Peggy moment. Right? <laughs> Walks yeah. out and goes, ooh. Yeah, basically. And it closes like, oh, shit. Returns that glare from earlier in the episode. Yeah, she's like, now yeah. who's looking silly? Yeah. Now Have who's fun. looking dumb? Have fun getting roasted for once. Also, very weird. I mean, Hilton's people were ready to go. They got up in an instant, and Don had to nod to his, his people. people's like, because this is super unusual, just like everything with Hilton is. Yeah. I mean, we have a little bit of a, a barb here, too. Like, what What does Hilton want? He Did he literally want a Hilton on the moon? Like, yeah. To... Or what is, I just, I what can't. What he's not getting, yeah. I can't grasp what he's asking for exactly here. But Don's reaction is what I think really upsets him because he kind of goes off the rails and is rude. Yeah, they both. I mean, they yeah. both are right. throwing barbs at each other. What do you other. want, a hug? Some yeah. love? I'm going to speak honestly with you. I don't think people do that. Probably because they're scared. And he says... Fine. What do you want from me, love? Your work is good.
But when I say I want the moon, I expect the moon. Which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I have to like, side with Don on this. Like, yeah. What do you, what, what do you what, want? What could we have done? Yeah. Do you just want a picture of a Hilton on the moon? Which, be like, that's fine. I'd be like. That could be done. Hilton's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like. But he's very disappointed. I'm very disappointed in you, son. Yeah. And then he leaves. So, again, up in limbo. We don't know how that, account's that relationship and that yeah. account are from what we saw was basically like a true bonding moment to a huge fight. And uh, Yeah. And you disappointed your parents, which is always worse. Yeah. You know who else is disappointed? Betty. Because <laughs> she puts on a fucking fundraiser at her house. Good segue. Wears a great, a great outfit very shiny dress it was like a silk or satin pale blue dress with orangey brown flowers and pearls of course low back though you know yeah for henry but very Um, different from what everyone else is wearing which is very much orange and brown not shiny tones yeah well she's the hostess so she's the most dressed up right and everyone else is dressed for what you would expect for a conservative neighborhood candidate and it's like the ladies it's like a women's night like your book club but for a presidential fundraiser and it's funny because one of the first things one of the women said is they voted for kennedy (laughs) so they are at a conservative fundraiser she's like i'll probably do it again though too yeah and obviously people are like well this is just a good social event yeah no definitely it's not and then we all get to see henry francis come in this woman that uh this guy that uh might be breaking up the Draper household. <laughs> they don't know that, though. Well, who knows what Francine's I think Francine might yapping be like, about all like over he's, town. He's very handsome, and Betty had a good connection to him. Political affiliation or not, you're going to want to see him. Yeah. <laughs> I can absolutely picture her saying that. That's my best quote of the episode, the one that we didn't see. I want a background show of Francine gossiping through the neighborhood and all yeah, the shit she God. talks. About Betty and her escapades. Oh, man. That'd be fun. (laughs) Yeah. But then a woman from the governor's office comes. A woman from the governor's office comes. Not Henry. And this lady is like, she's like, okay, like, where's Henry? And it's like, oh, no, I'll be the one speaking. Oh, oh, you thought you were getting a man? Oh, no. Oh, no, no. But I'm very informed. I won't embarrass you in front of your friends. (laughs) Because she thinks that's why Betty is so openly upset. Yeah. I mean, no. but yeah. No, she's just pissed that. Yeah, so we just see both of these dalliances with Dawn and Betty just get roasted side by side, right? Yeah, it's a tough, like a tough go- shakes a, for them. A roast and a ghost is what oh, it yeah. turns out yeah. to be. And uh, then Betty has to go up and introduce the... The speaker. She, you could just see it in her. She's like, here's this woman from... <laughs> I didn't even bother to listen to her name. Yeah, and she didn't. So... Yeah, great. Very short fundraiser scene. Only there to show that Betty got... Uh, Left on the high Betty's, and dry. Betty's huge ploy as a show of her ability to keep this a secret. Yeah, and her commitment to the secrecy of it. And Henry doesn't even show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Not good. Not someone you want to piss off, Betty. Mm-mm. So, yeah. He's at the receiving end of her Oof. anger and... She drives to his office the next day. Would you have rather been in the... Would you have rather been sent out of the boardroom meeting with Don when Hilton mm-hmm. says he wants to speak privately? Or would you rather have known what was going on, like Francine might kind of know what's going on, and been at the fundraiser when Henry doesn't show up at all? What oh, would make man. you less... What would make you less comfortable? It would depend on... 
I guess it would depend on if in this fictional reality I was friends with Betty or if I wanted to see her kind of suffer <laughs> yeah, a little bit. True. But she's so perfect. She'd probably be like, yeah, let's see. <laughs> let's see her get roasted. Got any popcorn at this fundraiser? Yeah. Oh, tough. Yeah. Oh. Harsh. But she drives to his office and then she's let in by the secretary who looks a little uncomfortable. Final, yeah. So maybe <laughs> maybe the mail was still being read. I don't know. Or it's just like, oh, yeah, here's some woman and she's being very uh, forceful about speaking to him alone. Right. Maybe this is the most predictable reaction to a rebuff we get all episode is Betty's. Yes. As opposed to Lee's and Don's, which were quite different. Right. Yeah. Um, he's like, okay, like, oh, see that we're not disturbed to the secretary. She shuts the door. And he's like... Hey, baby. Hey, baby. He's coming around the desk. And Betty throws the lockbox, the metal <laughs> lockbox full of money, like, basically right at him. And he's like, whoa! Right, and we forgot to mention how good of a angry Betty scene we got interstitially, where she's putting money, counting money, and putting it oh, into yeah. the cash oh, box yeah. at the table. That morning, like, this fucking guy. <laughs> I can't believe Just it. Just stealing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she throws it. Luckily, he gets he out ducks. of the way. Or he knocks it, he deflects yeah. it. And the secretary buzzes. She's like, you okay? He's like, yeah, just drop something. <laughs> and she's like, I was waiting all night like an idiot. I can't believe it. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Betty, I wanted you to come to me. And she's like, oh, the ego. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. no, you, I had to wait because you're married. And she's like, oh. And that seemed to smooth it over for her. Yeah. So what? Just because he can't be seen coming into the house type thing. Yeah. If they're going to do this, then he can't be seen going in. She has to be... Making the move. Coming out. Yeah. yeah. So it I looks think, a little... Yeah. Because he can't be the one, like... I, like... Intruding in your it, wife, yeah. who is your property in 60s America. Yeah. Right. I think that's what he's getting at. And she kind of understands it, and then... They start kissing. Oh, it's going to happen again, huh? They start kissing, and then he goes to lock the door. Uh-oh. He's like, I can see where this is going. But then that, Betty, that kind of jolts her out of the moment. And she's like, what, are you going to fuck me on the desk? Come on. <laughs> He's like, I mean, I mean yeah. I, <laughs> where or, you or I'll get you a hotel you want, if that's yeah, what you prefer. Exactly. It's um, like, I will do anything. Yeah, trust, <laughs> trust Whatever you need, I'll do it. But she's like, well, you know, she's probably still, even though she still feels it, she's like, I, I can't be throwing any more fucking fundraisers <laughs> like this. Yeah. So it's not worth it. I think, yeah, she's like, yeah, she's not used to stepping out in her marriage like Dawn is. So she, I think, just feels that, like, she can't go there with him especially somewhere where there's actually it seems like emotion attached it's not like the guy oh, during the cuban missile crisis yeah more so than where that was just a fuck in the bar room i forgot that that yeah, yeah. that didn't mean anything to her compared to right Henry. they've this, been having like an emotional affair yeah, with those letters stuff, this stuff's different and she finally snaps back like I think it's, like, over mu- too much for her. Right. She's overwhelmed by that yeah, versus just, guilt. Plus, just, like, un- it goes against everything she was taught, mm-hmm. to by her mother. Which and we can go to back to, wife. to yeah. those dreams that she had during her pregnancy in the fog, where yeah. Yeah, all that pressure to, to be, be, like this, beautiful wife. be this person. Yeah, that's yeah. your job. And now you're purposefully failing that job. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 
and she tells him he's like i don't know like what you want and she just says goodbye and leaves and the sense that we get is like this is over yeah i can't go i can't keep doing this right so again will we see henry again just like will we see sal again we'll see yeah and as far as the continued situation with Sal, Roger is now coming to Don's office to give him a talking to about Hilton and about Lucky Strike, even though, of course, Don had no like way that he would have been involved in how that ended up. But Roger just attributes him being too obsessed with like doing everything Hilton wants that he didn't even notice like what was going on with Lucky Strike, which he could not have. Yeah. I guess the implication is that Don should have been there too, but that seems kind of ridiculous, actually. Yeah, I think maybe he was like, you, you know, yeah, you're the creative director. You can't just, like, trust, like, if you're just going to trust your staff to run things, they can't, like, fuck it up, and I, you're ultimately responsible right. for what happens. Because he still yeah. doesn't know what Lee believes Sal to have done that made him so mad. Right. Well, what's clear in this scene, too, is that Roger is upset because Don is handling the account aspect of the Hilton. Yeah, because again, Hilton won't won't deal with anyone else at the office. Doesn't yeah, doesn't care about anybody else. But uh, and so that's like you're doing our job, and that means you're not doing your job well. And now that's affecting our job. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And we've had two clients in one week leave here angry. Important clients. Now, what you want this place to be known for? That and some guy losing his foot in a lawnmower. And yeah, Don is flippant about this whole conversation. Yeah, he's has like, nothing, Roger, nothing what do you but want me jo- to say? Nothing but jokes yeah. about how, uh, I doesn't. don't want to hurt your feelings. But so, it kind of sucks, basically. Yeah, you guys blow. We'll beat you in the color war this fall and this yeah. summer. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just no time for this. So obviously, still a lot of animosity here. Mm-hmm. And we're not, I don't think they've reacted. They haven't interacted since he signed his contract on screen, right? Yeah. But it's been months. We know that was a empty threat. Like I don't ever want to see Roger. Roger I don't want to have any contact with (laughs) the person I work for. But yeah, he just kind of gives Don like a warning: "You're in over your head," and then leaves. And Don's like, "Little do you know, I blew that whole situation this afternoon." So uh. (laughs) yeah, right. But we know they're under contract at least with Hilton at this point because that's why he signed the contract. So there's still money there, and. The sooner, again, it's just like no one understands the situation because Don, no one else, Hilton won't deal with anybody else. Yeah. So. And Don doesn't even understand the situation. And Don doesn't. Because he doesn't know how to give you the moon. Right, exactly. <laughs> Rope it on in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we have another another scene that gets to like significant current events, which is so this is a couple weeks after the I Have a Dream speech, but um, there was a bombing of a black Baptist church in, where was that in? Birmingham. Birmingham, yeah. Yeah, very well-known terrorist attack, basically, domestic Mm -hmm. terrorist attack, hate crime. It killed, like, four little girls, and, yeah, it was a a KKK member, the, the person that did it. So, yeah, it was a hate crime, and... In the midst of, like, the big turmoil of the civil rights movement in the 60s. And, yeah, Martin Luther King Jr. spoke at that funeral because of the significance of it within the, the right. movement and the push for more rights. Yep, Cartless listening to it on the radio. Yeah. Um, again, MLK is just 
everywhere at this point because yeah. of how important he was and how things are finally heating up in terms of civil rights. Mm-hmm. Things seem to be moving faster than ever. Yeah. And she's like going to turn it off and Betty comes in and Betty's like, you don't need to. And then she, she asks Carla like if she's okay, if she needs time away. But then... You know, while that seems like maybe she's being empathetic, then she makes, you know, a really insensitive and kind of yucky comment about maybe it's just not the time for civil rights. Like, maybe this is moving too fast. It's too violent right now. Yeah. All the chaos is a bad sign. It's like, that's because you, that's because white people are killing, like murdering black people in the streets. Right. Yeah. So. No, it's. The violence is coming one way. Just imagining, I mean, we could not even imagine what it's like to be in Carla's shoes working here. Having to deal with not only this personal aspect of keeping secrets for uh-huh. Betty, but then having to endure not only this, but the same type of stuff she heard at the fundraiser that's just comments about how, yeah, segregation's bad, but this is all looking bad. That right. Kind like, of stuff, you know? Isn't it too much, though? Like, yeah. Why is yeah. there so much, like, protesting? You know what they say? It's not 1963, it's 1863. Carla's there the whole time. Yeah. Here's all of this. Right. No, and then she's, but she's also having to be like, this is my boss and I can't say anything. Yeah, and in this scene, it's really just Betty talking to her, uh, other than At she, her. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, we don't hear much from that because we've learned that's a huge part of her job. Is just to keep Silence. quiet because yeah. if you say something Betty's going to react poorly to, then you're going to be in trouble. Right. So we move from Carla, who has to endure a lot to keep her job, to someone that had to endure a lot and still lost his job. Yes. And Sal, we see him once again. Yeah. And unfortunately, this is going to be the last time we see him in the show. It rates right up there with one of the... There's always nitpicks about like the the Pantheon shows of things they left on... You know, usually nothing gets tied up in the prestige shows. That's like one of the things that makes them prestige is like yeah. they don't end cleanly. Right. But there's always those few uh, plot lines that everyone is universally upset about. And I think this has to be near the top. Just throwing no, Sal out with no yeah, regard. And he never shows up again. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we get this last brief scene that I had completely forgotten about, which is shocking. Yeah, where he is in a phone booth. He's clearly on the phone with kitty and he's like upset from the day but he's like yeah um i'm staying late to like review some work and just you know i've got dinner handled so don't wait up i'll see you tomorrow i love you and then we kind of zoom out and in the background he's at like a cruising spot essentially that was what i thought too yeah or it's yeah i think it's that's the impression like you know there's a bunch of Young men kind of um, milling around. It's dark. And that was kind of the types of spots that would often be cruising spot is like quieter areas. It looks like they're like near a wooded area. So it's like more cover, more private. And the IMDb trivia said it was supposed to be the Ramble, like a section of Central Park that was known for being a cruising spot. Interesting. So we kind of get the sense that he's like, well, fuck it. Like... I was fired even though I didn't even actually have sex with a man. Or I was fired even though I wasn't actually, like... Yeah, damned if I do, damned if I don't. So right. don't mind if I do, basically. May as well. That's what yeah, he's like, doing, yeah. fuck it, I'm fired now. Um, like, what, do I, what am I going to lose? Which, clearly, he's not in a good spot. Which, yeah. understandably yeah, so. Yeah, it's not like he's, like, pursuing it because he, like, you know, found a man that he connected with and all that. He's like, oh, whatever, I'm just going to... 
you know, have sex with some strangers because I'm already, right. you know, feeling down on myself. And what a compelling thing that they could have gotten into if they decided to continue the plot line, like right. his struggles through. Or like have him cross like, over at least a couple times in the future. Like yeah. what does he do next for work? He could have been at like, like another place. Like God knows we get scenes with Duck for God knows Kinsey is going to. Yeah, well, it's, oh my God. But that's it. It's. Yeah. Oh, that's after, so sad. And you know. And for such a great and compelling character. It's yeah. so sad to just discard him like this. Who got a lot of his own non-Don-centric plot lines through the first three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. To just, that's it. We've seen that maybe our first character like truly be gone. Like a main or yeah. like a, not a secondary, you know, just ditched. Right. Ugh. And we don't know it. You know, it's not like, if a character like dies in a show, you know that they're done in the show. But here it's like, it leaves open the possibility we could see him again. Yeah, people but run into people all the time, you know? In this show, it happens multiple a times. A lot of times in the future episodes. It's happened already. Yeah. It, it's bizarre. I think that I remember watching the show expecting him to show up again yeah. for the rest of and the series. And it was so sad that and he, he never did. Yeah. Or he never did. So we don't know. What happened? Uh, hope, he, uh, hope he figured everything out. Yeah, I hope he had a good life. <laughs> oh, that's that's that makes me yeah. so sad. No, they oh. did him dirty. But like I said, this is known as the... I would consider this known as the Sal episode, right? That's the, where Sal is gone. Yeah. That's the most... Even though there's so much more going on in this episode, mm-hmm. that's what everyone would remember this for, I think. Yeah. That's the big significant point here. Is that's the end of a huge character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very sad. But we got to get back to Dawn, because everything about Dawn is the most important, right? In this show, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, he uses the constant phone calls of Hilton and his weird hours he keeps at, to his advantage to lie to Betty, openly gaslight her, say, yeah, I just got a call from Hilton. I'm going in. She's like, I didn't hear the phone. He's like, go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <a> jerk. <laughs> but where does he show up but Miss Farrell's house? And right on her porch. And yeah. she's like. To a quaint little garage rented from the main house. Yeah. And she's like, someone's going to see you. And he's like, well, let me in then. God. Yeah. With his smarmy face and khaki fedora on. Yeah. He's here. He's here for coffee, let's say. Yeah. Some kind of stimulant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's like, "Uh," she's like, why are you here? And he's like, I don't know. I wanted to talk. And she's like, yeah, talk. Sure. Yeah. And so her resistance to this whole scene makes it, again, uncomfortable and makes him look really pushy yeah which is that a hard to get thing or do you think that this is we've talked about this already. i think it's yeah. just the it's just the yeah, game the they're cell. playing well it's the game but then just like her being like not wanting to be to like him yeah yeah but she does and knowing yeah knowing it's going to end well but being like Knowing I'm it's going to happen. I wouldn't say it ends well. <laughs> oh, knowing it's not going to. Sorry. Right. But yeah, like yeah, being yeah. like, but I'm still going to do it. Yep. Yeah. He talks about how he's been, they've been flirting for months. He's always thinking about her. And she like really gets a, gets his number. She's like, yeah, that's just because I'm new and different. Or maybe I'm the same. Like, oh, yeah. You're just, a, you're just a, a, a man that's like, you know, looking for the next thing. Yeah. And I'm just that. I'm not special. Yeah, just a fuck boy looking for another fuck. Yeah. And then it's going to be the same, but... And it's going to end poorly, and you know this, and he's like... I don't give a shit. I don't care. <laughs> and she's like, 
I believe that you cheat on your wife a lot, but I believe that usually you're not as brazen <laughs> about it being her teacher. There's or a her re- da- your daughter's teacher. There's a reason you work in the city and don't live in the city yeah. with your family, right? Because usually you're sleezing around there. Yeah. Now you're being just reckless. Two different worlds. God. Yeah. But we know how it ends. Because it always ends this way for Dawn, doesn't it? Yep. The embrace. Yes. After after like another kind of negging like compliment where he's like, I want you. Doesn't that mean something to someone like you? Like Yeah, there's I know you're just a lowly like school teacher that lives above a garage. Yeah, so. there's there's a gap of respect there for sure, isn't there? Yes. Where there's an entitlement, of course, and then And then she's also like knows that he's not as like woke and not as smart as her too, so she kind of has a lack of respect for him in that way. Right. And then the last scene is uh, just a brief moment. Don doesn't seem to have any sleeping issues. We no, no, he's right sleeping there, like a baby. Yeah, <laughs> with her in his arms, and we have another uh, power ranking candidate to be added to uh, our end of season. Uh, the ladies, ladies, who love and hate. ladies of Don Draper's life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. All right, time for our awards section. So much going on in that episode. Yeah, so much going on. So. Who are you promoting this episode? I am promoting Carla for having the self-control to not slap Betty across the face (laughs) multiple times and just for doing what she had to do. I mean, she shouldn't have to, but she's very able to work through, like, trauma and work through things being, like, shitty and just try to take the high road, I guess. Yeah. There's not a lot of people that were up for a promotion. Yeah. To the point where I thought about maybe doing a, a freeze. <laughs> this episode. freeze. I think Carla, you're right. She masterfully juggles like all of the pressures that we see throughout the rest of the episode. Everyone yeah. else failed to do. Yeah. And uh, she's the only one that comes through as obviously painful and like horrible it is that she has to do this. Does it. Yes. And does it well. Yeah. So she'd be the only candidate I can think of in this episode that could possibly be up for a promotion. Yeah, because everyone else is slimy. Everybody everybody else fails miserably in this episode. Yeah. (laughs) That's for sure. Truly. Who are you firing? It's Dawn, and it's unequivocally Dawn. Uh, Takes a lot of L's in this episode, and then the moments that he probably sees in his own mind is like a triumph. They're awful. Yeah. Like, I mean, the whole thing with Sal was disgusting, and it's the first time we kind of saw that prejudicial even disrespectful towards you know groups minority groups in yeah. a sense uh i think in the show really that we've really seen that openly type of open yeah. disdain towards them mm-hmm. and then uh to cap it off with this prowling uh figure that he's become <laughs> at the beginning in the that book end of the episodes yeah. with miss farrell yeah it's like nothing you're doing here is good or will help you in the long run yeah obviously yeah what about you no, I had Don and then also Betty. I mean, I think, yeah, like Don's, like you said, there's bad personal stuff and there's bad, like, moral, like, well, yeah, I think it's both one and the same is there's work and personal and they both have, like, bad moral tones to them. And while Betty's not obviously as, like, openly, extremely, not as openly, like, prejudicial towards... um a group like Dawn is. I mean, the way that she's treating Carla is, and the, the things that she says in front of her and is, like, willing to, like, allow people to say at the party and not, like, you know, 
check on her or say anything about it. Like, that's bad, too. Yeah. And, like Dawn, she's also prowling around. If other people knew what we as the audience know about Betty's fundraiser and the repercussions, like... That's an open fiasco. That's just a fiasco. Yeah. But luckily, she's the only one that knows this. They're both yeah. kind of privatized in their failings and right, and right. Yeah. No one else. You know, yeah, no one else really seeing that. I mean, they clearly saw she was visibly upset that Henry wasn't coming. Yeah. But I don't think anyone probably read into that except for Francine. Yeah. A little more like, who doesn't <laughs> care. Yeah. In the corner. Yeah. No, and they both are willing to just, like, use other people who have, like, less structural power than they do at their disposal. Like, Don doesn't try to save Sal's job or doesn't try to do anything. You know, he's like, well, whatever. You deserved it, essentially. And Betty's like, well, you're going to do what I say about this lie. And, yeah, I don't know if civil rights is quite there yet. Right, not to mention, during all of their interactions personally with each other and with other people, it's always important to remember that the children are there always in the periphery <laughs> and always as a chore to yeah. the point where Betty says during this episode when Don comes home, like, oh, you just missed bedtime. They're probably still awake. And he just pours himself a drink. Yeah. And anyway, yeah, I'm going to go lie down. Yeah. I think that's two different scenes. But anyway, it's still just not a good, uh, not, not a good family dynamic right now. No, yeah. definitely not. All right. What quote of the episode? There's a lot of good ones in here. I liked Miss Farrell saying um, about whether kids would understand the I have a dream speech that I think they already know it and that it would be nice to hear an adult say it for the reasons we discussed earlier, that it just gets at the actual goodness should triumph over evil at the heart of the civil rights movement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that children should, you know, connect to that and that that should tell you enough about the morality of it. Yeah, I mean, good on you for finding, like, a the one uplifting moment in this entire <laughs> episode. Not that the episode wasn't, no, like, hilarious in a lot of ways, yeah. too. But the one moment that actually is aspirational and has something we could feel good about in <laughs> I just can't pick? get over uh, Conrad Hilton talking about the moon. Yeah. No, old I thought old man too. yells at moon, I think, is just a great, a good trope. Yeah. And uh, so all of his quotes about the moon, I'm like, I still... What did he want? They're my quotes because I cannot figure out what he's talking about, <laughs> but I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it's it. good. Well, we didn't have Sterling last episode. Yeah. So, so Sterling's gold. Why don't you go first? It's hard to go against. God, I have so many lines written down for this. <laughs> um, uh, my initial one was, you're going to use your dying breath to tell Don to fix this. Uh, that he yells at Harry. But I mean, it's that one. And then the other, only other good line, I think, of all the good lines, the mm-hmm. other great line he has is saying, is that what you want this agency to be known for? That and a guy losing his foot to a lawnmower. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, those were the two I picked. I put the, you're going to use your dying breath to tell to tell Don <laughs> to fix this. Yeah, because the implication is you might get fired too for this. Yeah, or something that, worse. If we lose that account, guaranteed Harry's gone. Yeah, but right. But still, the, he's like, you're going to use your dying breath and then delegates off. And then is like, and I don't trust you to do it. You need to have Don do it. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, man. Definitely. A, a great, another flamethrower showing from Sterling. Two scenes he's in. Every line he says is pristine. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. He's cooking him up. Angry, Sher- angry Sterling right now, for mm-hmm. sure. All right. Time for the fashion stuff, yeah? Yeah. Best outfit. You Betty, take it away. 
Betty's fundraiser outfit, but an honorable mention to Conrad Hilton wearing a cowboy hat in the meeting I had with the, a suit. I had the exact same two oh, choices nice. for best outfit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're just at that point where Betty's winning every week right now. Well, right? she's... Because she's got something to she's trying to her. impress. Yeah, so yeah she's, she's like, on her best shit. Yeah. And then, I mean... What a striking scene. We had not seen him in a hat before. Have we not? I don't think so. That's why it was so bizarre to see, right? Well, him seeing him walk into a business meeting and know that everyone else is going to be wearing like suits and full like stuff. And he's like, I'm going to wear my hat too and I'm yeah. not going to take it off. Well, they they are formal things. You know, I, we're still in the hat era. I but know. It still is very yeah. much contrasted to even Don wearing the hat in the last scene, that brown fedora. It's yeah. Like, it's man. a very different style. Very different yeah. vibe. It's a big country. It's what you get the vibe of, right? Yeah. Um, okay. What about the hottest? Oh, God. <laughs> no one stood out, really, but there's just, I mean, the two beginning affair scenes basically have just been well shot and the yeah. tension's been the pretty philandering. good very different vibes yeah. one side both into it the other side kind of still playing games with each right. other but we get those moments uh, i mean the henry and betty scene where you think it's gonna happen in the yeah, office where he just goes to lock the door you're like that's the I'm good like, stuff I kinda wish that that's they the did. good stuff yeah, yeah. like yeah. this is what we saw in the first scene this was the dream sequence she was waiting yeah. for yeah i had henry his just in general. His flirtatious moves. I think that that's yeah. something that, you know, as I've watched it again, like before I was like, why does she, like, who is this guy? Like, why is she, like, going out on Dawn? And I'm like, Henry's very charming, very handsome, and, like, very into her and assured and shows her he's into her. Yeah. So it's it, very attractive. It's interesting watching again when you have, I don't know, a few more years to you and you don't necessarily unequivocally want to root for Dawn the whole time Right, anymore. yeah. And yeah, so you're exactly. like, what the fuck's Betty doing here? Get this villain homewrecker out of here. And you're like, well, no. obviously this relationship's not good for yeah. either of them. And Maybe, she's finding yeah. someone that is emotionally fulfilling her. Right. Yeah. And he's much nicer and talks to her directly and looks yeah. her in the eye. And which... is also handsome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Yeah, so it's much... With the thing you had going for you, Don, it's not enough to carry you. Right, the 10-year difference in watching the show. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, has made a big difference in what you're watching for, what's enjoyable. <laughs> but yeah, definitely a different vibe from Henry. Even though at this point, first time through, we don't even know if he's going to show up again. We don't. But we do. We do. He is. <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, the door will be locked at some yes. other point. Lock, lock. <laughs> Which door, though? That'll be interesting to talk about. Um, all right. Season three, episode nine, We Small Hours, 8.2. On IMDb. That's good for 59th out of 92. Mm, uh, hello. Higher than the Italy episode last, uh, last mm-hmm. ep. So that's where we are. Where do you have it in your power rankings? This is where it starts to get pretty unwieldy. So maybe we can just say top five. Okay. And, uh, so, yeah. So top five. My number one is still... <laughs> guy walks into guy an, walks advertising in an advertising agency. agency. Yeah. So six, and then seven, seven twenty-three, the contract episode. Mm-hmm. Then this one. Oh wow! Then Italy. Then whatever number four was. The arrangement where Gene dies. Yes. Okay. But I like this one. I yeah. There's just so much like emotional building on on Don's side, on Betty's side. They're they're really building to like the culmination of you know these parallel stories of him trying to charm Hilton and. Betty and Henry's like dalliance and yeah yeah and while I like 
the Italy one for its like strong sense of fashion and place. It's not like as good of a plot episode, I'll admit that. No, it's a weird respite in what we see, mm-hmm. which is Don and Betty's relationship deteriorating to the point where they don't really even care to hide their affairs very to, well. <laughs> or try to be around each other. Yeah. That often. Yeah. Interesting. What about you? Uh, yeah, guy walks into an advertising agency, still number one. <laughs> it's hard I, to be it. it. You just can't get it out of your head. Yeah. I mean, even Roger mentioning it today just kind You're of like, made yep. me grin and yep. want to cackle about that whole situation, how weird and gruesome and just bizarre it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, following that is uh, number five, The Fog, of the, the birth episode. I still just like that because there's a lot of ambiguity that we can work with tripping then i'd probably have this one this one's a really unique episode because it doesn't ever really let you settle in mm-hmm. and there's so many jumps around between these stories that are all like going to compatible shit. in terms of yeah. themes like yeah. everyone's fucking up in a lot of ways yeah, and which, people are trying to keep secrets it's not working yeah um so you're never really comfortable with it which really works to the whole premise of these of Don and Betty really just mangling mm-hmm. the situations yeah. they're in. So, the, I mean, the atmosphere is good. And also, I like I said, it's one of the most memorable moments of uh, the first phase of Mad Men, mm-hmm. which is yeah. Sal leaving. And yeah, leaving no, for wrapping good. up. And it's one of those things that you think about all the time with the show. Yeah. Like, what could they have done? Would have liked to see Sal be okay. Yeah, we no, get so many other characters we don't like coming back and popping back in, but, but it, we and, never get to see. Yeah, again. I mean, and it does like hammer home the seriousness and why Sal was so afraid, and that's because like related to his sexuality, he was fired. I yeah. mean, it wasn't like quite you know the the situation he might have imagined, but yeah, it it shows like the the prejudice that people had to had to deal with and continue to have to deal with. Right. So it's yeah profound a lot going on yeah um then i'd close out with 723 and the arrangements as well that's my top five right now so other than the italy episode which doesn't make my top eps um and the fog doesn't make mine right we have uh yeah the same the same group four or five are are the same but in different orders other than um of course a foot getting ripped off by a John Deere, which uh, is timeless television, as we all yep. know. Sure is. All right. All right. All right. Well, we're rounding the corner now. Finally. Finally. This has been a long adventure, season uh, three, and we're going to try and knock these out very quickly. We always we always try. Summer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be hard not to. Uh, I just no. put in the new. I just pulled out the new disc with the last four episodes on it, and it's a just murderer's say, row. I recommend. I recognized. All of those titles and knew exactly what's going to happen. So yeah. we've got a, uh, for what's been a sprawling season, we've got a fun uh, end, fun and tragic a little romp, end. A fun little romp through television. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun romp indeed. Next three episodes, right? 10, 11, 12, oh, 13. I think there's 13, right? right? Well, yeah. cut this up. We anyway, need to. Anyway, I can't count. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. At Madman and Tonic yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. And thanks for listening. Stay, stay cool. Stay cool. Stay warm wherever you are. Who knows? If you're in the southern hemisphere, guys. Stay, stay warm now. <laughs> it's just science. Anyway, take care, everybody. We gotta go. Bye.